Well, hey, we are, we're in a series right now called Good God. Can you say good God? And, and our hope in this series is that we can learn and grow as a people to realize that God is actually good. And I mean like actually good. Like he wants to actually be good to us in our real lives. God is not just conceptually good, right? We're not just talking about concepts like, yeah, there is a good God somewhere. No, there is a good God who wants in on your life and who actually wants to do something today. Do y'all believe that? And as we continue to see just how good he actually is, then what I believe is, one, our lives are going to be transformed for the better. Amen. But also, that we're going to shine as lights for Jesus. As we come to not just know about our God, but to actually know him. Because, guys, when we share the gospel, when we share the good news, it's not just about us going up to people and telling them facts. Right? Like, there is a God. His name is Jesus. In this portion of scripture, it says this about God. Right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I respect the ambition, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. But what I am saying is there's something so much greater when somebody actually knows their father and when holy spirit is actually moving through us to people so it's not just like hi i know a lot of facts and i want you to know these facts because i'm supposed to tell you these facts because then i'm supposedly a better christian no it's our god is actually good he's been so good to me he wants to be good to you i'm preaching better than y'all are amen this is real life, man. And, and if your experience with God has not been good, then I would encourage you to listen up. Because we're talking about how we as a people can grow in our receiving of his goodness. Listen, we're all growing, aren't we? Hello, right? We're all growing, yeah? I don't ever want to stay put. I don't ever want to be like, yeah, I got it all figured out because I don't ever have it all figured out. And newsflash, neither do you. And God is so much better. He is so much gooder. Yeah. Than you could ask or think. I mean that. I mean that. However good you think God is, he's better. And we get to grow in the knowledge, not just factual, uh, conceptual knowledge, but we get to grow in actually knowing that. Ah, oh, we're so blessed. We are so blessed that we get to partake of this. So let's, let's take a look at uh, this core scripture that we're using in this series. It's in Psalms 34, verse 8. Uh, throughout this message, y'all know how we do it, but if you don't, if you would, please, I, I love interacting as we go through this thing, all right? So if you would, please, anytime we have words in bold, if you would read those with me, that would be great. It says this, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see. 
Something just right off the bat that, that needs to be admitted is that there is a participation component here where we open our eyes and we open our mouth and we see and we taste the goodness of God. Now, a lot of people don't know what God really tastes like. And so they're doing that thing. How many of y'all have ever seen it? Like when you're trying to feed a baby? I don't have no baby, so I don't, I've never experienced this personally. But I've seen it before. Like when you're trying to feed a baby and they're like... Maybe they'll like swat the spoon out of your hand, you know, like, get out of here. I don't want none of that. A lot of the world is doing that to God. A lot of the world is doing that to God, and it's because they don't know what's on the spoon. They don't know what's on the spoon. They think there's something disgusting on the spoon. They think there is something waiting to judge, condemn, to harm on that spoon. And so guess what? Rightfully so, they're doing this. But as his people come to know him, to actually know his goodness, and as we start to tell people, oh no, there's something much better on this spoon than you think there is. Y'all, I've been there. I had terrible thoughts about God. I like halfway believed there was a God, and I said that even if there was one, he was a tyrant because look around us. All right, so I'm saying this from personal experience but I didn't know him. I just didn't know him. I didn't know how good he was until some people were so good to me on God's behalf. Until there were some people to show me in real living terms, God loves you. He's good. He wants to help you. And that changes things, doesn't it? Let's not ever get too old for this. Let's not ever get too, too Christian for this. Let's not forget about what matters. Sharing the good news, not the mundane news, not the bad news, the good news. Gospel literally means good news. And it's what we're called to share with people. Give me more meat. There's your meat. Go share the gospel with some people. Find out how good God is and then share that with some people. And we're going to taste and see how good he is. I love it. It's so good. Now, I, I, again, it says, blessed are you who run to him. I, I would make the argument that a lot of people are running from him. Anybody ever run from God? Anybody? Or am I the only lost dog once upon a time? Yeah? Man, and, and I'm telling you, I wasn't running from actual God. I wasn't running from Jesus. I wasn't running from who God really is. I wasn't running from his goodness. I was running from condemnation. I was running from shame. I was running from fear of judgment. But guess what? Jesus does none of those things. Hello. Jesus does none of those things. And that is the news that we share with the world. And then guess what? Instead of like running from him because we think that he's going to uh, harpoon us. I don't know why. I thought Moby Dick. <laughs> I've never even read Moby Dick. I don't know why that's going to. I've heard it's good, but super boring. But anyways, God's not waiting to harpoon us. Okay. Not going to do that. God is actually really, truly good. 
Not some, well, he's actually bad, but he intends good with the bad. No, it's not confused. He is actually only good. Now, now this whole running from him thing, um, sometimes, and I'm just going to level with y'all today, I'm going to give it to you raw, and I'm going to tell you some things that we definitely should do and some things that we should definitely not do as believers. And, and I just sometimes have to do this and something that we should definitely not do. Can you say, I am not going to do this? I respect your faith and trust because you don't know what I'm about to say. <laughs> so, we are not going to be a people who say, you know, everything happens for a reason. Do you hear me? I'm, there's no room for that kind of talk. Now, the implication when people say that is let's say someone is going through hurt, someone is going through trouble, someone is uh, being oppressed by the enemy, or maybe somebody has gotten themselves into a mess. No matter what it looks like, right, the implication when somebody says everything happens for a reason is that God is doing that something to somebody to teach them something. And that is wrong. Do you hear me? That is wrong. If you believe that, I'm here today to tell you that is wrong. I love you. That is a wrong and damaging belief. If you've said that, guess what? There's forgiveness. God loves you. But we can grow, right? Now, again, the same kind of, the same kind of thought could be uh, fleshed out in a different way, and I do mean fleshed out because it's voiced as a vocalization of the flesh, but is... God is just doing this to test me. This oppression, this trial, this whatever, insert anything not good. God is doing this to test me so he can teach me something. That is a wrong belief. Did you hear me? I love you. I am telling you this because I care about you and I care about humanity. And if humanity thinks that God is going to teach them things by beating them up, we are not teaching them about Jesus. Our God dies for us. He does not kill us. Did you hear me? There's a very, very, very big difference between those two things. And I want to tell you, if you're hurting, I'm sorry. And God loves you, and he wants to help you. He's not doing it to you. And you need to actually know that. Because if you don't know that, or if you have somebody come up to you and falsely tell you that God is doing something evil to you so that you might learn a good lesson, you are attributing the works of Satan to God. And that is a very dangerous game to play, both in your personal life and in what people are going to come to expect from our God. Again, they're not going to run to him. They're going to run from him. And there's, if, you, if you actually and accurately know who God is, there is no reason not to run to him. Ever. I mean it, ever. He is always there to help. He is never the one oppressing. He is never the one condemning. He is there to lift your head. 
He is there to lift you and walk with you and help you and teach you. And check this out. Even take all of the nasty, if we're willing to, we can submit all of that to him and watch him make something good out of it on the other side. Because our God is so beautiful and he's so amazing. And the devil never really gets to win. And I'm so grateful for that. Isn't that good? The devil never gets to win. Even, even death has lost its sting. It's just an entrance to immediate presence with God. What? Like, isn't that amazing? God flips everything on its head in Christ. And he can take negative circumstances. Here's today's title of the message. He can take a test and make it a testimony. He can take what the enemy intended for harm and flip it on its head and make it go, wow, look how good God is. Look at how God can reach in and help those who need help, who can transform hearts that were dead set on sin and destruction. He can actually do something good in the lives of people today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all listening? (laughs) It's good, Mary. I appreciate you. So, let's, let's look at some more scripture. I feel like we should just read this because it's a powerful and important dividing line. Um, John 10.10 10 says this. Again, if you would please read the bold words with me. It says, the thief, who's that? Satan. Satan. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, this is Jesus telling us this. Jesus is saying that the thief, Satan, comes only. Only, can y'all say only? Only Only to steal and kill and destroy. Now I want to tell you something. If you are being stolen from, and I'm not just talking literally someone busting in and stealing something from you, but that too. If you are being stolen from, if you are being killed, if you are being destroyed, I want to tell you God's not doing that to you. Okay? God is not doing that to you. Because here's what Jesus says. I came, y'all read it with me, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. He's a good shepherd, y'all. He leads us in goodness. We're all just a bunch of sheep. Everybody said, bah. <laughs> I was saying this during first service. Could you imagine if we switched all of our amening to bang? <laughs> like, how creeped out would our visitors get, right? And everybody said, bang. Like, oh, Lord, what weird place have I gone into, you know? <laughs> Don't do that, okay? <laughs> Good inside joke, but let's keep it for, like, the small groups, all right? says this, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep. God is our owner, y'all. But he who is not the owner of the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. But again, y'all ready to read? I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. So so the point here that I want to make is that Jesus, 
God does not abandon you when trouble comes your way. Did you hear me? He is not the thief. He is not the hired hand. He is the good shepherd who is looking out for his sheep because he is concerned about us. He is so concerned that we experience this abundant life that he died on a cross for us. Isn't that major? Isn't that major? Hello, church. Are you alive? That's so unbelievably good. But this is a hard line that we all need to come to grasp. If something is stealing, killing, or destroying, do not attribute it to God. You are attributing the works of Satan to God. And one, I don't think God likes that. Just like, you know, pretty sure that would be pretty upsetting. But also, we are not going to experience the abundant life he intends, nor are other people going to see that abundant life as an actual option, as something that he actually has for them. And so today, I want to talk about tests. I want to talk about who is testing us then in this life when we face trials and tribulations. And guess what, y'all? We face trials and tribulations, don't we? Anybody out there? Yeah? If you are alive and breathing on planet Earth, you are going to face trouble. Jesus said this in John 16, 33, said, in this world, you have trouble. He did not say, can y'all say not say? He did not say, in this world, I give you trouble. Very big difference. Very big difference. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so guess what? There's always hope. There is always hope. No matter what your circumstances look like, no matter what evil is trying to come your way, maybe it's just a byproduct of living in this fallen world and you're confronted with a sickness that seemingly came out of nowhere and is destroying you. Maybe you're in a situation that you got yourself into and you're like, oh my God, I deserve what I'm about to go through. I don't care. Maybe somebody else is doing you dirty and treating you poorly and persecuting you. I want to tell you, God is not doing that and God wants to help you. He is actually good and he actually wants to help. But again, if we attribute all of that stuff to him, why would we go to him for help? Right? That wouldn't make any sense. God, you're making me sick. Will you please heal me? What? Jesus called out that nonsense. He said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And there was actually, he was healing somebody, right? There was somebody who could not speak. And Jesus healed. And you know what? There were some Pharisees around. And Jesus doesn't take too kindly to Pharisees. He does not like the way that they treat him and they spout their religion on stuff. But they're like, oh yeah, this Jesus, he must be casting out devils by the power of Beelzebub. Which is a name for satanic forces, Beelzebub. It's a really funny name. If anybody here has the name Beelzebub, I apologize. I love you. Don't name your children Beelzebub, just for the record. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that in your life, you know? Beelzebub. You can always change your name, too. There's hope, you know? If there... <laughs> I have to cover all my bases, just in the weird, crazy case that there is someone here named Beelzebub. There's hope. You can change that name. You know? But 
But Jesus, he heals somebody, and the Pharisees are like, you're doing this by the power of the devil. And Jesus is like, uh, why would the devil be casting out the devil, guys? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? No, because there is a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light. And the kingdom that we want to embrace and see come here on the earth is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of life. And we want to see light overcome darkness. Amen? Do not attribute the darkness to God. Blah! Don't do that. I love you. But this is laced within Christianity, and that's why I'm preaching it hard. Is because there are so many people... And again, if you've been believing this in ignorance, I love you and there's room for growth, but there are so many people who say these things. Well, God's just trying to teach you a lesson. What? Yuck. Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, yeah, everything does happen for a reason, but it's not always God's reason. Did you hear me? There's a lot more going on than just God's will. You look around, you guys. We live in a fallen world. And, and I'm not saying that to bum you out. I'm saying it so you accurately look at things. And when you see stealing, killing, and destroying, you don't go, God's doing this so that I can learn. That's insanity. I love you. But that's not, don't, don't. Look around. Invite God to interrupt this darkness. Invite God to invade this darkness with light. That's what we get to do every day of our lives. We get to engage. Jesus, guys, think about this. Jesus condescended so far as to become a man. He was not afraid of engaging with fallen humanity, right? He engaged with them. He came to where they were at. And guess what? Everywhere he went, the kingdom was being brought to pass here on the earth. So it is with us. But if we don't even know the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and life and love and power, then we are not going to see the latter come to manifest. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Woo! He's a good God. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is a powerful and very important portion of Scripture. It says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. Did y'all see that? For good. To those who love God. Who here loves God? <laughs> who here loves God? There they are to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what I love about this portion of scripture is that it doesn't say, we know that God causes all things and works them together for good. Did you hear that? This does not say, and we know that God causes all things and works them together for good. He says that he, call, he causes all things to work together for good. So that means that the good news is, no matter what the enemy's gotten away with thus far, no matter how far you've dug yourself in a ditch perhaps, no matter how far someone has dug a ditch and put you in it, guess what? There is hope and he can cause all things. Can you say all things? All things. 
all things to work together for good. Again, he is fooling the devil over and over and over. He's saying, ha, test my people. Watch me work. Watch me flip this into a testimony. Watch me do something good. Watch me. Open your eyes and watch him. And we're going to see the goodness of God manifest. And we're going to have story after story. Oh, the devil tried this, but God. The devil tried this, but God. And it's, it's so amazing how he does this. Like, so here, for, from personal experience, uh, anybody remember when I got that foot surgery? A few years back. I don't even know how long ago it was now. I think it was like four years because I'm, I'm getting, I know I can't say this. If I say I'm getting old, anyone older than me is just like, how dare you, you know? But I turned 30, I th- was it last week? I think I, I hey yo, welcome to the 30s, right? But it was a while back, I got a foot surgery, and, you know, everything is, things are really interesting when you look at them retrospectively, aren't they? Like, when after going through an experience, you look back at it, and you're like, whoa, interesting. God was trying to show me something, but maybe I wasn't paying attention. Or, or wow, God is, was showing me something in that time, or whatever. But here's a very clear thing. Uh, so I'll tell you the story first of all. My feet basically fell apart. It's pretty nasty. Um, there's some tendon that goes under your foot, and it got to a point to where like every time I would walk, it would feel like it felt like my tendon had become like a split bunch of rubber bands made of pain. And every time I stepped, it was like squashing those rubber bands down. It's terrible. And I was like, every time I walked, I would try to go to the bathroom. In the middle of the night, I literally had to crawl to the bathroom. That's how much this hurt. And, you know, back then, I was a little more stubborn in an unhealthy way than I think I am today. Um, looking back... Now, I can see that God was pretty clearly instructing me to actually go to a doctor and get this looked at. And what was funny is I kind of kicked against that because that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted a miraculous healing. Yo, listen, I believe in miracles. I believe that God does miracles. I believe that he loves to do miracles. I believe that, that we, can, we can see them in our church. But I also believe if God tells you to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. Okay? So I was like, nah, nah, whatever, God. So for like two years prior to surgery, I lived in this excruciating pain. So then I got, then I got the surgery, right? And how many of y'all know surgery isn't always the end of everything? You know? Um, there's usually, man, quite a recovery process. Y'all remember me scooting around on this stage? Yeah, y'all, y'all need to know about this. Like, they have these scooters. I don't think you even need to be sick to get one, so get wild with it. But they have these scooters, and you, like, prop one leg up on them, and then you just, like, scoot skate, you know? And no joke, I was up here preaching on my scoot skater, you know what I mean? It was wild. Um, but all of that is to say that even though there were funny components of it, that hurt like hell. It was terrible. It was a bad experience. And Clearly hear me, God did not make my foot fall apart, okay? I know that is absolute truth. I know that my father would not do that to me. Would anybody do that to your child in here? 
Anybody just like pouring out sickness on your children for funsies? Or to teach them a lesson? No, we don't do that. As parents, we're there to help. As parents, we're there to lead. We are good shepherds. We shepherd our children into goodness. We do not pour out malice and sickness and pain and condemnation and shame on our children. We lead them in the ways of life. Amen? And so I know that God was not doing that to my foot, but you want to know what? God has flipped a test into a testimony, y'all, because you know what's amazing? I used to think that anybody who had any kind of physical pain was just a wussy. <laughs> I'm just going to be real with you. It was not cool at all. But like you could ask Kara, man, I was a tyrant. And it was because I could empathize with emotional trauma. I could empathize with emotional pain, mental stuff like that. You know, I could really empathize with that because I had personally experienced a lot of that. And, and so I was like, man, I feel for you, right? So if someone was going through that, for some reason, I'd be like, whoa, this is real and God can do something in this. But when people were dealing with the physical sickness of any kind, suck it up. Seriously. And that's terrible, and I wish that wasn't true, but just on the real, like most of the time, most of the time, someone says they have a headache, I'm like, whatever. Someone's limping, I'm like, okay, aren't we being a little dramatic? Seriously, I'm just telling you the disgusting thoughts I used to have. I don't think like that anymore. <laughs> probably a requisite for the pastorate, <laughs> you know. But I don't think like that anymore. I've come to learn that humanity is not physically invincible. And that might sound like an obvious thing, but for whatever reason, I think it's just because, like, I was so healthy, you know. And I was so fit, like, any given day, you'd see me, like, climbing something I shouldn't climb, you know? And now I'm starting to climb things that I shouldn't climb again. But anyways, you know, I'd just be, like, this agile, you know? And so I'd look at other people, and I would just assume that they must be the same as me. I would see them through my lens. But guess what? A beautiful thing that God has done with what the devil tried to do to knock me down, discourage me, and pull me away from my call, right? God has flipped that around and used it as a tool that helps me walk out my everyday call. Now, I'm not saying staying in this place of hurt foot is God's will at all. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on facilitating the healing power that he's got for me. If it happens today, this afternoon, as I'm eating whatever we're going to eat sitting on the couch, praise the Lord. But if it happens as a result of me hearing God and looking for wisdom in any situation I'm in right now, y'all, I'm doing this great thing. They're called calf raisers. Y'all ever done these before? It's like this. See this? I wouldn't have been able to do this all that long ago. So God's working, ain't he? He's good, ain't he? He heals, doesn't he? Don't you think he designed our bodies in such a beautiful way that he can work with us and that he can guide us in steps to take sometimes that sometimes are not always immediate? But all I'm saying, again, hear me clearly. 
God didn't do that to my feet. But since that happened with my feet, God can't change the past, right? So since the past is set, he has situations to work with to make good out of. And he's made some good out of that situation. Now I see somebody limping, I pray for him. Seriously, my heart, and I wish it didn't have to be as a result of personal experience, and it doesn't have to be. Take what I'm saying right now and just apply it. You don't have to have some thing happen to your foot. Just know people actually hurt. And that's, that's an opportunity for us to go in and not, not harp on them and not to attack them, but to come alongside them, to pray for them. Amen? He is good. He actually wants to move, and he is moving, and he can even take what the enemy intended for harm and flip it into good. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Okay, so we're going to fly through this. Um, basically, what I've been saying is mostly from the first chapter of the book of James. Can y'all say James? James 1.1, 1, 1, and we'll go through verse 4. It says this, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Interesting. So when I face a trial, I can consider it all joy? Huh. Very interesting. Now, this is to be embraced. This is to be believed. This is not to be blanket statement slapped on somebody who's in pain. Did you hear me? Here's the issue. If someone is actually hurting and you go, be happy! You should be joyful right now. Don't you know the Lord's at work? You know? That's abrupt. It ain't gentle. It ain't doing things with grace. But here's the deal. There is a beautiful truth that is told here that we can be of joy in these trials because guess what? Any lack that we see of God it's an opportunity for God to move, ain't it? And when these trials and these tribulations come against us, it's an opportunity for us to invite God in, to do life with him, to walk with him, and guess what? To walk with one another. Right, church? Right, church? We can walk with each other as well in this, and we can consider it pure joy that God keeps us moving forward, that God is a good God, that he does heal, that he wants the best, and that this opportunity is simply that, an opportunity to see God move in a powerful way. It goes on. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Has anybody ever been through like a, a challenging situation with somebody? and that somebody helped you through that challenge, yeah? On the other side of that challenge, you were tighter, weren't you? Anybody? Y'all yeah. alive? As is, is, is you face trial, and as somebody helps you through that trial, you grow closer to that somebody, and it's no different with God. 
as we yield to God and we invite his presence to interrupt, as we invite light to overcome and dispel darkness, life to overcome and dispel death, we grow closer to him. And there's joy in that. Isn't that beautiful? So, goes on, reading on, verse 5. Says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, read this with me, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This might sound hilariously basic, but again, it comes back to the point that we made. Why would you ask God to get you out of something that he put you in? That would make no sense. You would essentially be praying, God, get me out of your will. If you believe that God is putting whatever oppression, attack, uh, whatever the trial or the tribulation looks like, if you believe he's doing that to you, then there's no point in praying. Why are you trying to get out of whatever God's put you in? That wouldn't make sense. So you need to see that and you need to know that so that you will confidently rather go to him and ask. You won't ask God to help you out of something if you think he's the one putting you there. But there is also another important uh, 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 aspect of this word ask, and that's that a word I like very much, it requires being intentional with God. Um, life with Jesus is life in relationship. And there's a conversation, and we ask, and we speak, and we, we converse with God in our everyday lives. And if we're not doing that, I'm just going to be real with you. If we're not actively engaging with God, then we can't really blame God for not moving in the areas that we haven't invited him into. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Like, it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask. <laughs> and, and, and maybe you've gotten yourself into this place where you're like, no, but I got myself here. Because sometimes we, we do, we dig a hole. Sometimes it's us that get ourselves there, right? Here's the good news. Without finding fault. God gives generously to all without finding fault. Isn't that beautiful? God's not going, oh no, nope, nope, nope. You made your bed, now you got to lay in it. It's not what he does. He's not finding fault and holding you to the condemning and the judgment and all of that around it. He's saying, okay, yeah, that, that was a fault, but let's move on from it. Let's, let's, repentance is turning around. Let's turn around. Let's turn this thing into good. And he can actually do that. But again, if you're in this place where you're like, no, but I'm responsible. Listen, there's a reason why in Matthew 11, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burned. I think we have the scripture. Let's pull it up. It says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will say, you got yourself there, silly. Deal with it. Is that what that says? You're weary and you're heavy burdened. Sucks to be you. Too bad. Deal with it. Does that sound like God? 
No, it doesn't. And if you think that sounds like God, then you're attributing a voice that is not God to God. Because Jesus says, if you come to him like that, he will give you rest. Can y'all say rest? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus was tortured in our bed so that we could rest in his. Jesus voluntarily experienced all sin, all shame, all pain, all condemnation, once and for all time. So there is no more, you made your bed, now lay in it. It's Jesus made a new bed, lay in it. He leads us into green pastures and makes us lay down in them, doesn't he? Hello? That's scripture, y'all, and that's good news. I'm grateful that he doesn't make us lay down in the mud. Aren't you? I'm grateful that he's a good shepherd and not a bad one. I'm grateful that he's not bringing us out into nettles, making us lay down there. Learn something. Don't go in the nettles, right? Like what? Like that's not our God. And I'm telling you this because I love you and there's opportunity for God to move. So again, if you've been believing these things, just let Holy Spirit lead you into all truth because I genuinely believe that I am dishing out an accurate, representation of Jesus when I say he is only ever good. Ever. Always. Anything else is something else. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross so that we could live with him. It's powerful. So, verse 6. But when you ask, so again, he said, ask, and wisdom will be given to you in these seasons of trial and tribulation. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Has anybody ever felt like that? Yeah, like, ah, ah. anybody ever been there before? Yeah, I mean, I've been there before. It says, that person should not expect, y'all ready to read, to receive anything interesting, from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Uh, a while back, I preached a message talking about stability. And what I did is, how many of y'all love Pastor Paul? Man, I'm grateful for this guy. He let me have him come up on the stage. He sat here, and I had this obnoxious hat. And on this hat, there was a basketball hoop. And I had him sit in a chair, put this hat on, and what I had was like, I think they were like either ping pong balls or little basketballs. And I had him put on this hat with a basketball hoop on the top of it and do this. Right? I, I'm not putting him through this again. Don't make me, okay? Follow this metaphor, okay? But I had him put on this hat and he was doing this. He was waving around. Oh, I'm over here. I'm over here. Maybe God, but maybe not. It's somebody else. I'm going to just make God my plan D and maybe one of the things that I'll try or whatever. You know what I mean? So he's just back and forth and back and forth. And then what I did is I was, I was just steadily right above him dropping, dropping the balls down. And guess what? 
not many of them landed. What I'm trying to say is this does not say that person should not expect God to give them anything. This says that person should not expect to receive anything. And listen, I'm not saying that your lack of experiencing a blessing is always a result of us not setting ourselves up to be in a place of reception. We live in a battlefield, y'all. There are spiritual forces at bay that straight up sometimes get in the way of us experiencing the things we were intended to. But we still live rallying for Jesus. We interrupt kingdom of darkness with kingdom of life. Amen? But what I am saying is if God is not our source, if, if we aren't trusting in our God and, and letting him truly be our steady expectation, then it's likely that we're not going to receive all that he has for us. Doesn't that make sense? So, so God gives. Anytime you see uh, scripture in the New Testament talk about the way that God loves, the way that God blesses, the way that God gives, says that he does so universally. He does so. He's no respecter of persons. He loves and he blesses. This is what he does. It's who he is. And then there's a part that we play. This applies even to salvation. Uh, it's, it's why universalism kind of gets a little weird. It's because it says just because God extended something means that it is automatically going to become a reality. The issue is that would be God forcing us to participate in something rather than him giving us the option to receive it. So God is always giving us the option to receive. And I would just encourage you, know that God is good. And what he has for you is good. And he wants to bless you. And that'll set us up to actually be like, okay, I'm going to stay here, won't it? Amen, church? <laughs> okay. So, let's look at verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. Now, the word there for tempted is the same word that was used preliminarily when it says, when you are confronted with diverse or various kinds of trials. Okay, this is not just talking about um, when you have a thought that is tempting you to do something godless. That's absolutely included in this for sure. But I would also extend that to say, let no one say when they are tried. Let no one say when they are being put through tribulation that God is the one that is doing that to them. Y'all see that? And so I think that it's pretty clear that I can say, church... I love you, let's not let each other say this. Amen? Let's just, let's, just, let's just watch out for these kinds of demonic beliefs. They get in the way, and they cast God as a tyrant, and he is not. We are going to face trial and tribulation in this earth. That can be very difficult, and that's real. But guess what? God is good, he wants in, and if you think he's doing the nasty to you, you are not going to expect the goodness from him. So again, let no one say, gently correct people when this kind of stuff comes forward. Okay? Sound good? And you have scripture. It's not like, oh, Pastor Stephen said once upon a time. This is scripture, y'all. This is, this is God's stuff saying it to us. So, lastly, uh, well, actually, the word here, uh, let's read 13 through 15. 
It says, let no one say when he is tempted. So again, this is what we've already read. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Um, the word there that's utilized for carried away is actually the same word. Uh, if you look it up, it actually means to be spooked out of your hiding place. Right? So that's, I'm not a hunter, but that's the actual language that's being used. It's in reference to like a hunter who is out looking for game. And what do they do? They like spook the thing out of the hiding place. I don't know how hunting works, forgive me. You know, but they spook the thing out of wherever it's hiding, right? And then it comes out, and then guess what? Free game, open fire, pa! You know what I mean? And so that's essentially what this is kind of getting at. Is it's like if the devil or if random thoughts or whatever can cause us to leave our hiding place, I would say our abiding place. I would say uh, the lordship of Jesus and letting him truly be our source in our life. If anything can pull us out of that place, I'm just telling y'all the fruit of that is not going to be so hot. Okay, just think bang. Okay, that's all you need to think. It's going to keep you up from doing that. So don't get spooked or don't get, don't get, you know, hey, you know what I mean? Don't get that either. Because sometimes it looks real sexy, don't it? It's like, hey, what up? I can't look anyone in the eyes and do that. <laughs> My wife's not here this morning. I could get in serious trouble, you know? Hey, what up? <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, even if it looks like, yeah, that might be a good idea, it's not. It's not. Just trust in the goodness of God. Yo, Adam and Eve dropped the ball on that, didn't they? They already had the goodness of God. They were already experiencing him fully in the garden. And there's it's like, ooh, knowledge, judgment. I want to know the stuff. I want to know good and evil, right? They thought there was something good that God was holding out on them. Guess what? There wasn't. All of humanity and nature fell after that. Yeah, sounds like a bang to me. So let's stay in him. Amen, church. Let's stay there. Let's not abandon that beautiful place of his life and his love. Psalm 34, 8. We're very close to finishing. This in the Passion Translation. It says this, Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Again, we're not hiding from the world. We are hiding in him. We are abiding in him and engaging with the world. We are not participating in other sources of life that will only prove to bring the fruit or the lack thereof, which is death, essentially. Uh, so lastly, James 1, 16 through 17. Y'all ready to read? Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. There's a reason why he says don't be deceived. Because we are deceived about this very thing. Many people are deceived about this. Many people are preaching that God does something that he doesn't do. It goes on, it says, every good thing given. How many of y'all have had some good things given to you? 
Hello, let's not take them for granted. Anybody have some good things given to you? Yeah? That's God. And it says, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. This is very simple, but this really matters. God is only always good. He does not turn from that. He is consistently good, always. And if anybody is saying anything else, that's a deception, which we have been outright told not to be deceived by. If it's a preacher telling you something that does not line up with God is only always good, dismiss it. If I say that, dismiss it. If Pastor Paul says that, dismiss it. If someone in this church says that, dismiss it. And honestly, we can work together and growing in the truth in this by once again, gently correcting and helping each other. Because guys, if, if this is something that we're believing as a church, again, we're going to inaccurately represent Jesus to the world and we're not going to experience his fullness as a church body. And how many of y'all want to experience the abundant life that he has? Okay, whoever raised your hand, amen. You get the gift. I'm kidding. But how many of y'all want to experience the abundant life that God gives? Yeah? Okay, well then let's just believe that he's actually the one who gives it. And only that. Can you say only that? Only that. Beautiful. Last scripture, Romans 8, 28. We're going to reread it because it is the good news. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. No matter where you're at, whether you dug yourself a hole, whether someone else threw you in it, whether the devil is oppressing you, whatever your situation is, right here and right now, you can go, Lord, I want to see you move. Lord, show me your goodness. Lord, flip this and cause it to be something that can be used for good and I'm going to tell you you're going to see him turn that test into a testimony if you believe it say amen, amen. all right hey thanks for tuning in today I hope this message was a blessing to you yeah hey we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving so if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.